Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the It's Fantasy Doofus podcast. I am your host, Christian Sidaros. Welcome. Welcome to another episode. I have a special guest with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself, my friend? Hey guys, it's, it's Mark Salema, uh, your fearful leader, rookie leader. It's like a rookie MVP, I'd say. Hello. Yeah, um, so as you guys may or may not know, Mark and I played each other this past week, and um, I am, he, he is, he, he shot, I'm, you know how I'm the phoenix that's rising from the ashes? He, he shot one of my wings. He definitely shot one of my wings. Direct hit. Um, so he's my phoenix is not dead, guys. Like he still is flapping, but he's, he's just he's just you know struggling a little bit, you know. So um, that's where we're at right now. How are you doing, Mark? You doing all right? I'm I'm pretty good riding this wave of um, you know people like needing me to really like just hand them like handouts, like the little trick or treaters wanting a handout, and I think that's really funny because I'm just shutting the door on trick-or-treat because it's not Halloween anymore. Mm, um, okay, okay. And, you know, it's been really fun so far. So if you I s- could actually just uh, say something on yeah, that yeah. note. Go ahead. Um, I would like everyone listening to this podcast to join me in taking a deep breath. Now, I, I've been talking to a lot of uh, league members this year, and for some reason they're especially stressed this fantasy year. They... I haven't been, you know, <laughs> feeling as, as much fun as they should have. And I want to remind you all that, I mean, I know that my entry into this league has made it a lot harder for you who have been cakewalking through what it seems to be a pretty easy league so far. But be, be, be uh, reminded that it's all just in fun. You know, you shouldn't be stressing over this stuff. Uh, I'm still a person. You're still a person. Um, it's all in fun, guys. I will cr- run, or sorry, I will crush you, but it's in fun. Don't stress. Is that what you wanted? That was the thing that you wanted to get off your chest? That's, that's my main point. I want people to have fun in this. Yeah. Even though it's just not as easy because I'm here now. Right. Well, Mark, let me just say this. Um, I think I speak for the rest of the league when I say that this league has been very, very competitive for at least the last two or three years. We've had some lemons, and we got some guys that, just like year after year tend to suck. But for the most part, it's been it's been close every year. If you look at the standings the last few years to get into the playoffs and everything like that, there have been hearts broken in week 13 every single year. Um, and there's going to be some more hearts breaking this year. I can feel it. Oh, but it won't be mine. But it won't be mine. Okay? <laughs> My heart won't break. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'd like to do something different this time, Mark. I'd like to... Um, Make this podcast more of like an interview style with you, okay? You are um, currently number one, clear number one, um, uh, undisputed number one in our league right now. And I just Uh, wanted to uh, talk with you about, you know, uh, maybe you can't give out your secrets, but like, how, how did you get here, you know? This is your first year in the league, and you just have done a masterful job of getting to a record of, what is your record again? A nine and two. Nine and two. First year in our league. Uh, can you speak a little bit on that, please? How did you get one? Here? I'll say sh- shame on you guys for even letting me get to this point. I mean, if, if it was my league and some new guy just came in and was crushing like this, I'd be pretty mad. How did I get to this spot? 
I kind of said it like uh, in the first podcast or just in conversation with you guys. If you want to be good, you just have to try. A lot of you are just idle, um, mm. just letting your team wash you by. And it happens even with guys with like really good teams like uh, Chris or Joseph had awful teams to start or, or their teams weren't performing to start and they like they waited too long to make changes to their team and now Joseph is now in the in the playoff bracket Chris is on the outside looking in even though they have two of the top like best teams um, so I think it's important to uh, you know be proactive about your team and not wait too long another thing I take pride in is not being a name whore, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I like that. I've been what waiting you, to hear that. I mean, would any of you guys, like, consider, like, none of you respect my DJ Chark. None of you respect my Jameson Crowder. Okay. Oh, I respect yeah. Jameson Crowder. <laughs> okay. Okay. These are talents. And, and, you know, I started out the year with great wide receivers, crappy running backs. And now I end the year with great running backs and crappy receivers. You know, according to a name basis. Right. So it's all about me wanting to constantly change my team, not sticking to anything too, just to, like, just to be stubborn about it. Uh, I'm always yeah. willing to make improvements to my team. Uh, you'll see me in people's DMs this week trying to improve my team, even though I'm two games ahead of second place. That's mm-hmm. just, you got it. That's what the Patriots do. Mm-hmm. The, the good just keep getting better. Yeah. See, I, I like that you said that because, honestly, I see a lot of similarities between the two of us. Maybe not this year, but in general. Like, I say this a lot to everyone. Like, some people have told me this year because I've been, you know, always trying to do trades with people. A lot of people are like, Christian, dude, like, why do you keep trying to do trades all the time? Like, I know your team sucks and you're trying to get into the playoffs, but it's getting annoying after a while. And I was like, dude, I was 12-1 and one last year. Still, every week being more active than anyone trying to make my team better. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't end at the draft. It doesn't end after week 4. It doesn't like the, in in our league the magic number is 10. If you get to 10 wins, you guarantee a spot in the playoffs pretty much. Usually that's the way. That's the way it is. Although I think you've you've clinched already at yeah. 9 wins. Usually 10 wins you're safe. Um it doesn't stop at the 10th win for me. I was just trying to push and push and push to make my team better and better. Um, and I'm doing the same this year. So just because I'm five and six, doesn't my record doesn't matter. I'm always gonna try to make my team better, you know. But then we got people that just uh, only want to make one trade. Like I looked at you the trade counter. I looked at the trade counter, and there is a direct correlation to the teams that are losing games and the amount of trades that they've made. A direct <laughs> correlation, and it's a like you know. The, the more losses, the less trades they've made. And so I just, I, I want to ask why. why. Why be complacent and stay, and stay in this place? Um, again, maybe they're just adrenaline junkies and they just want the rush every year of, you know, potentially taking the SATs. I don't know, but... Uh, I find that hard to believe, but given the benefit of the doubt, I guess. So they're just uh, scared. I think they're scared. They're scared, yeah. You know, I would rather lose and have to take the SATs after doing so many trades. Like, nothing would feel worse to me than having to take the SATs and, and, like, having the least amount of activity on my team throughout the year. In terms of, like, ad drops and, and trades, if I, at the end of the year, have the least amount of activity and I have to take the SATs, that's the worst feeling in the world. That just shows you didn't really try. Yeah, that's the worst feeling in the world. 
The worst feeling. So, uh, Mark, speak to me about how you were able to find talent in names that 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 aren't that you know are not household names. Uh, let's use the DJ Chark example. I think the reason why people were hesitant or maybe they don't give you props on that guy or, or, or value him the way he should be is because I don't remember which article I was reading. There was some article they were talking about how like at the end of the year when it's all said and done, the big names in terms of receivers are usually at the top. It's usually like, you know, Hopkins and Julio and Tyree Hill. And it's usually like you might have these guys that pop up here and there, but by the end of the season – the guys that have always been there are usually the guys that get there. This year seems different. It just yeah. feels different, doesn't it? We've got Chris Godwin. That's the number four wide receiver in fantasy. I think DJ Chark is fifth. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but this year seems like there's either been more surprises than any other season of recent memory, or there's just been so many busts that... Yeah, you know. um, I think it's super important to look at... Matchups with wide receivers and offenses in order to see like how game script usually pans out. And so, if you remember when I and and, and risk right. So if if you remember, I had Tyler Lockett uh, exchanged him for Sony Michelle and Chark. I thought I'd like them be the benefit of that trade at the time was Sony, um, and I'd be taking a gamble on Chark. It was two games in. We thought Didi was the guy, but. You know, I took my proven and lock it, knowing he'd be the number one receiver for Russell Wilson, and knowing I had to get an upgrade at running back, and take a shot at some guy who who's performed, maybe not for long, but I, I've got to take that shot and see if he continues to you know perform. There's there's no reason. Well, there is a reason, but there's no reason why I shouldn't at least give myself a chance there instead of sitting on you know a Tariq Cohen and a Tyler Lockett. So I think that's really important, and then. Um, so you had balls, is what you're saying. I, I did have balls. Guys. He had balls. I That's all he's balls. saying. That was a very I elaborate way to say I have balls, and you guys don't have balls. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much all yeah. he's saying here. Now, like a guy like Jameson Crowder, um, he has like eight straight weeks of, of amazing matchups, and I don't, I don't need that guy to be Julio Jones. Jameson Crowder has gotten me like 15 plus points purely not because he's an amazing wide receiver, but because of matchup and because of the offense that he's in. If I know that Donald is a quarterback that gets rattled by pressure easily, he's going to throw to a short man, you know. And so that you got to kind of have to think ahead of the fantasy rankings. Yeah. Bit. Dude, I was thinking about that today, and do you remember when I mentioned how I reached a point with my team where all my receivers are massive human beings? I got Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, <laughs> Auden Tate, and all this. And I was thinking about it today, like, Dude, that's not a recipe for success. Like from now on, and you guys can take this as you want. This is going to be Christian's strategy for receivers moving forward. I want the slot guys. I'm done with the big play guys. I'm done with the, uh, you know, all the whatever. Slot guys, time after time, end up being, if you just watch a football game, they get open more than anybody else because chances are it's a fast, twitchy guy that has either – a nickel corner on him, in which case that nickel the worst is the worst corner on the other team, or they have a linebacker, which you should be able to outrun if you're a, a sl- slot corner worth anything in the NFL. So, you know, it's the Edelmans, it's the Crowders, it's the, uh, what other example? Uh, um, Edelman, just the first one that came to my head. Uh, James Cole Crowder. Beasley's. Cole Beasley's, you know. Um, 
Uh, I don't know, yeah. But like Tyler I Tyler Lockett is Tyler Lockett plays in the slot, right? Tyler Boyd when he has when he has uh, AJ Green out there is actually much better. So and he plays in the slot too. So that's gonna be my strategy moving forward is uh I want the slot guys. Adam Thielen, does he play in this? No, not really. No. Um I feel like I don't he know can. About that one, actually. I think he's just white. He's just white, yeah. Anyway, so that's gonna be my strategy moving forward is I'm gonna take the little short, fast white guys. As opposed to the big, right. uber, one percentile athletic specimens that are just so inconsistent and boom and bust. So yeah, that's my strategy. All right, so here, this is what I want to get into with you here. Um, we've got two more games left this year, Mark. What needs to happen in these two games? And I will answer this question too, but I'll let you go first. What needs to happen in these next two games? to you or to somebody else, to make you feel the most confident going into the playoffs? Um, I'll be honest. I've been trying to keep Joseph out of these playoffs. You failed last week. You, you failed at that last week. Right. And, and you know it, why. It hasn't been working. Yes. Um, this week is actually huge because if the right amount of people lose and the right amount of people uh win i think six people will be tied at six and six yes. which is amazing for the last week yep. of, of the regular season that'll be really fun as far as me um i can afford to lose to chris i won't you won't i could afford to lose to you i didn't um douche do you realize how life could have yes <laughs> go ahead do you realize how life could have been different if you just would have <laughs> all right guys the, here's the deal here's the deal uh, Mark does not fear my team in in the slightest, right? No, nope. he doesn't fear my yeah. team, but he fears, but he fears Joseph and he fears Chris. So going into our matchup, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm Joseph and myself and Chris are all very close. Joseph and I are five and five. Chris is at four and six. Okay, and I'm telling Mark, I was like, listen, dude, I know you're competitive. I'm competitive too. I don't. I, and I, there's no collusion here, guys. I was just saying. <laughs> But Mark, you don't fear my team. Don't you want me to win? Don't you want me to beat you? You're in the playoffs no matter what. Maybe it'll it'll put doubt as to whether you're going to get a bye week or not. But at least like me getting in is preferable as opposed to Chris or Joseph, right? Yeah. And Mark still was like, "No, nah, yeah, but I'm still going to beat you." I started Jameson Crowder and uh <laughs> to- to clarify here, if it was not you, Christian, I would have given it a shot. And <laughs> a lot of people want to see you in that bottom bracket. I'm not going to lie. I know. I know that. <laughs> when you come up really with the punishment funny. that everyone makes fun of, including myself, of course they want me to, to, to get in there. Like, I really, maybe I'm being paranoid. I really feel like I've been playing... Fantasy football this year with one hand tied behind my back compared to everyone. Like, when it comes to negotiating trades, I'm I'm hearing people complete trades with people within, like, 15 minutes of starting the conversation. <laughs> and me, they've they've all been days to weeks in the making of, of discussion, okay? And it makes me feel like I'm, I you know, it's like when you play 21 against somebody and you got, like, J.J. Redick out there, he just plays pickup with you, and he spots everybody 10 points just to start off because he's J.J. Redick or whatever. That's how, that's how I feel right now. It's like I've been 
Everybody's been spotted ten points, and I'm like catching up from behind. Can I can I speak to that? Go ahead. There needs to be, because although it was fun burying you into a place which will never rise again. Debatable. There. There has to be something done about this Christian situation, guys, because I do feel bad for him, as crazy Thanks. as that sounds. Well, he but... sends me offers that he's offered to you guys, and, like, maybe, like, trades don't get worked out for, like, one reason or another, but he gets accused <laughs> of trying to <laughs> trade rape people and, like, really, like, screw people over, and that's just not the case from... Most of what I've seen, I really do think he's been given uh, dealt a bad hand that he has to play with the whole year because he has this... You know, it's my first year in the league, so who who knows what he's actually like. But he hasn't been that bad, and he hasn't been that unfair. I haven't accepted a lot of his trades, but most of them I can at least say they're, they're fair. There has to be something done, guys, because... I feel like a lot of your teams could have been improved had you have done trades with Christian. Yes. Um, open your minds. Forgive and forget <clears throat> all the wrongs he has done to you, and and go forward uh, with it with an, an, a new mind and an open heart, and and maybe a shot at the fantasy playoffs. You guys are really bad at this. Yes. But. Yeah. I mean, uh, you you pretty much hit it right on the head. I don't I don't know if there's anything more I can add than that. Um, I mean, Chris was in a situation where he was tied with... We'll just go through this real quick, the scenario real quick. Chris was um, tied with Joseph, right? And then it comes down to bench points. Monday night game. Char- game. Chargers are playing the Chiefs. Yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful game. In Mexico City, Joseph picks up Philip Rivers. Ooh. I mean, that's smart, man. I mean, it didn't work out because Philip Rivers sucks right now. But anyway, he picks up Philip Rivers. Puts him on his bench so he can get more bench points to score. Chris is now scrambling. He's trying to make a trade. Um, he's got Chris Carson on a buy, so he's not going to get anything from him. Um, Chris, I think, hits up you and hits up me. I don't know if he hits up anybody else. I mean, everybody. I reached out to him. You reached out to him? All right, he reached out to me. So we were trying to work on a trade to for me to send him Melvin Gordon. Even though he can't start Melvin Gordon, at least Melvin Gordon has a good matchup and can score points on his bench, and he could potentially beat Joseph and have a shot at the playoffs because he loses this game. He's in the bottom bracket, guaranteed. He can't get in now, right? He 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 literally can't get in now. He has a, he's going to have a losing record. His best potential record is five and is six and seven. Yeah, he's not getting in because we already have teams that have six wins. Wait, um, there's three games left. Two, two games. Yeah, yes, six and yeah. So he's not getting in. It's like it's not gonna happen anyway. So um, he needs to win this week to have a shot to get in, right? I can afford. I know it's crazy, but I could actually afford to lose this week. And then as I'll, because I never answered my what I need to happen the next two weeks. I'll get to that point. Um, I still have a potential. I still have the potential to get in the playoffs. I can afford to lose to you and still get still get in, right? So he hits me up and he's super desperate. He wants me to throw him a bone. Right, um, <laughs> I told him, "Listen, I, I'm not going to lie to you, but I know that you're desperate, and so I'm going to take advantage of that. It doesn't mean I'm going to offer you bad players. I'm not going to offer you like Cohen 
for Carson or something like like I I didn't I didn't I'm not gonna I'm gonna offer you something that's probably in my favor, but it's not terrible, right? Because I know that you're desperate, and I'm not desperate, or I don't feel desperate at this point, right? So then the trade after much negotiation, it came down to I'm going to give him Melvin Gordon, I'm going to give him DK Metcalf, and I'm gonna give him Tariq Cohen, and I asked in return for Chris Carson and DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, the name whores. They're going to go crazy now. Oh, <laughs> name whores. Ah, oh, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. How can you give up DeAndre Hopkins? Well, let me break this down for you guys, right? He rebuttaled and said, I can't give you Hopkins, but I can give you Stephon Diggs. And I said, listen, dude, I'm kind of weak at receiver. Um, Auden Tate was my – I had Mike Evans and then Auden Tate's my other receiver. DK Metcalf was on a bye week. I'm kind of told him I'm weak at receiver because Auden Tate just got a concussion. He's not going to play. I'm probably going to have to drop him. And Metcalf is currently on a bye. If I give you Metcalf, who is playing the Philadelphia Eagles next week, as in this week, and I take Diggs, Diggs is going into a bye week. And I'm going to lose to Mark, and I need to win my next two games. And I don't have Auden Tate, and I'm going to swap out Metcalf playing the Eagles to take back Stephon Diggs, who's on a bye. How does that help me win the next week? It doesn't. So I said, dude, listen, this does not move the needle for me. Like, I'm going to need, and I can't take Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin plays for the Bucks. I have Mike Evans who plays for the Bucks. I don't want both of them, you know. So the only option was DeAndre Hopkins, even though I'm not going to lie. That's who I wanted. But <laughs> for people to say, oh, you can't give up DeAndre Hopkins. You can't do that. Dude, Stefan Diggs has scored more points than DeAndre Hopkins. Did you know that? I did not. He has scored 138 points, and DeAndre Hopkins has scored 136.6. But DeAndre Hopkins is the wide receiver 10, and Diggs is wide receiver 14th. Now, that sounds weird. How could Diggs be below him, even though he scored more points? Well, Diggs has had like three, four fumbles this year, and that's uh, why. Yeah. That's been the difference, right? So um, I had a, a, a deal in orcs to help Chris out. All of this is because of you, Joseph, because you have a juggernaut of a team. Anyways, yeah. I was willing to sacrifice pieces to help Chris out and give him Sammy Watkins. It's a good thing he didn't take my deal because he would have lost anyways. Yeah. But I was disappointed in the fact that he did not even give himself a chance. Yep. Yeah. He was just kind of accepting his fate in hopes that Sammy Watkins Nicole Hardman would outscore Philip Rivers. I was disappointed in that because he was afraid to to make his team worse to a point where he'd lose to Drew or Mikey's. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Well, let's awful. let's put specifics, right? You offered Derrick Henry and Sammy Watkins for Stephon Diggs and Chris Carson, right? So, in Chris's own accord. He likes Melvin Gordon more than Henry for the rest of the season. He also likes Metcalf more than Diggs for the rest of the season, right? And yet, because I asked for DeAndre Hopkins instead of Stephon Diggs, my, he said your trade was much more fair than mine was. But I'm offering you two better players in your mind, Chris, plus <laughs> Tariq Cohen. And then that's, that's, that's trade rate. This is what I'm talking about, guys. This is... This is literally like, again, playing 21 when everybody else has a 10-point cushion. Or I'm like fighting someone with my hand tied, by, hand tied behind my back. See, I understand him not taking the deal. 
But saying trade rape is a little tough on your end. Yeah. But, you know, going forward, we're all going to have an open heart and be nice to each other. We'll be nice. I still love you, Chris. Stop giving Joseph your best players. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. I still love you, Chris. I mean, if we end up both being in the bottom bracket together, it's probably... We probably won't love each other that week. It will be Whatever. in my hands, though. Huh? It will be in my hands, at my expense, and it's it's amazing. I'm going to body bag both of you. <laughs> All right, anyway. So I just wanted to get that off my chest just because it's just, you know, I'm sure Chris is upset about it. Nobody, nobody was happy in this situation. The only person that was happy was Joseph, so... And nobody wants <laughs> Joseph... Nobody wants Joseph to be happy, so... It's kind of it was kind of a lose lose for everybody. Um, let me talk about what I need to happen the next two weeks. Okay, let me see how we're doing on time first. Let's see, twenty four minutes. We're doing fine. All right, so I've got two games left. I'm currently the eighth seed. Wait, let me double check. Eighth seed. I am the eighth seed. Tied with Mark Kinnan. Tied with Mark Kinnan, but I'm beating Ooh. him in slightly I'm in points. About a phoenix from the ashes, by the way. Yeah, he's the real phoenix from the ashes, right? I'm like a. I don't know, a dodo bird that just, like, woke up from hibernation or something like that. I don't know. Because they're extinct or came out of extinction. But they're not really, they don't really provide anything to them. Anyway, it's not a majestic animal, is, is what I'm saying. So, anyway, so, uh, I'm 5-6. and six. Mark Hanane, Phoenix, from the Ashes, 5-6. and six. I'm beating him, though, on points. Um, slightly, though, like 30 points or something. I've got BC and I've got Sam in front of me. At seven and six, respectively. I, I already think Joseph and David are going to get in. They're at four and five. And uh, the top three, I think, are going to be fine, which is you, me to be, and AJ. You guys are, uh, you're nine Wait, and two. Say that again, I'm sorry. So you're set. You're at nine and two, right? Me to be and AJ are at seven and four. I think they're going to be fine, right? Joseph and David are at six and five. There's a four way tie at six and five. Yes. And then. Sama and BC are at six and five, but for me, I'm not going to catch up to them in points. I'm only ten points behind or eleven points behind Sama, and I actually have more points than BC. So, like, even if I were to tie records with Joseph or David, they're probably going to beat me just because of points. So now, like, what I need to happen now is I need to win my next two weeks, and I need Sama and BC to lose their next two weeks, and. The nice thing is that this is in my hands somewhat. I play BC this week. So it's mm. me and BC. I beat BC. I jump in his spot. AJ, <sighs> I can't believe <laughs> I have to cheer for AJ. AJ's playing Sama. And I need Sam. No. I was actually. Huh? He just played Sama. Yeah, they're playing each other two weeks in a row. Really? Yeah, the whole scheduling, whenever we figured out who was going to play each other twice, someone had to play someone two times in a row. Like, it just oh. worked out that way. Ooh. So they're playing each other again. Samah could not be going into his matchup giving AJ more of a reason to beat him, okay? And I was kind of freaking out because I looked at AJ's waiver wire ads and I thought they were suspect. I thought they were kind of silly, but I, whatever. I, don't listen to me, AJ. I'm five and six. I don't know what I'm doing. Just freaking beat Samah, all right? Look at Samah's team this week. Hold on. Click on this. Th- like, he... It, it, everything... It's, like, served to you, AJ, on a silver platter. Okay? He has to start Kalen Balage, Right? Oh, no. Because he's got David Johnson, Damian Williams, and Tyree Kill, and Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, all on by. Okay? 
He's got Chase Ed- well, Chase Edmonds on by anyway. He's starting James White and Kalen Balaj at running back, and he's starting Josh Gordon against the Eagles. Okay? He's got he's got Jacob Hollister against Philly. I actually think he's gonna start two Seattle receivers against Philly. Okay? Yeah. Jacob Hollister, I think, is a good player. I think he'll have a good game anyway. But it's just like this does not look good for Sam. Okay? It doesn't look good. And AJ, you just need to beat him, okay? Just just beat him. And and if anyone tries if anyone tries to hit you up and be like, hey dude, you should intentionally lose to Samat so Christian doesn't get in, or if Samat <laughs> hits you up and be like, hey man, if you blah 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 like if any type of collusion come comes about, think about this, AJ. You need to give yourself a bye week. You are right. still fighting for a bye week. You are the third seed. As it stands right now, Mark Slamma and Mina B will have bye weeks. Don't you want that bye week, AJ? Don't you want that week off where you can just relax? You don't have to stress. Christian McCaffrey can heal up, even though he won't take a bye week in real life. But he'll take a bye week in your fantasy life. Okay? So just don't be a doofus and, and just beat Samah, who is giving you every reason to beat him. That's all I ask. And then if I beat uh, BC, then it's the, the table is set for the last week of the season. Because I play you better, AJ. You better start going to church, dude. I'm going to church. <laughs> then I play AJ the last week of the season, and then let me let me look at the schedule here. I know I play AJ last week of the season, and so then it'll be in my hands. If I beat BC and I beat AJ, and then BC loses, and Samath loses, which could happen this week. And then let me see what's happening week 13. Oh, God, it's so exciting. I know you don't care. Oh, I'm in already, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm, I'm loving this. If yeah. Six teams end up oh, with six God. next week. That would be amazing. Oh, crap. This is Pretty not important. good. I play AJ last week of the season, which, like, you know, I can I can beat AJ, right? But it's possible if my team gets healthy. But then we've got Samap playing Drew. And then we've got Chris playing BC. Chris can beat BC. He should beat BC. Chris should have beaten a lot of people. Yeah. But then we have freaking Drew. I got to cheer for Drew next week to try to beat Sama. I'm rooting for Drew next week against oh, Joseph, and I will God. do everything in my power to make sure that happens. Oh, you mark my words, Joseph will lose this week. He is not <laughs> making these playoffs. <laughs> He's making the playoffs, dude. I'm sorry. But if you can do something to where that doesn't happen, that'd be great. Anyway, that's my whole spiel. I need to win the next two weeks. I need Samah and BC to lose the next two weeks. And then I will be in by the skin of my chinny-chin-chin. And then lose first round. Well, the first round I would play the third seed, which would either be Mina B or AJ, if the scenario stays the way it is. Or it could be Joseph or David. (laughs) David, I can beat David. David's team is kind of booty cheeks. He would not. He's won five straight. I don't care. He's had a lot of kufta in those five weeks. I could beat David's team. Joseph's team, I can't beat that. I'll admit if there's a team, I can't beat Joseph's team. You know. But but David's team, let's let's take a look at David's team. Hold on. Where's, what's your stupid team name, David? What is your stupid team name? Golden Tate Lovely Show. It's actually a great team name. It's an ode to our old friend of ours, Sean Rose. All right. Um... All right, so he's got Le'Veon Bell, who started splitting carries with Bilal Powell. Mm. He's starting Jeff Driscoll. He's got a good matchup this week, though. And he's got uh, Dak Prescott playing New England. Um, 
Yeah, I this is Mikey's time to shine. Right. He's got Le'Veon Bell, Bo Scarborough, Devin Singletary, Mari Cooper, Emmanuel Sanders is banged up, right? He's got Mark Andrews, Dalvin Cook's on a bye week. That's this week, but just in general. And Kenyon Drake's on a bye week. Holy crap. This is his time to shine? This is his time to lose, is what it is. Yeah, he could lose this week. He could. I'll do everything in my power to make sure Mark Hennan and your team get in instead of David and Joseph. Wouldn't that be so much fun? If the Maliks and the Ibrahims are in the bottom bracket. I would love to just walk to uh, uh, the championship. If the bottom bracket is the Maliks, the Ibrahims, and Drew, I think I'd really, I'd really enjoy that a lot. <laughs> See, this is why no one. This is why everyone wants me to lose because I say stuff like this. <laughs> anyway, so um, so yeah, dude, that's that's where we're at with our weeks. Um, is there anything you else you'd like to talk about? We're just kind of. No, I, I really did enjoy that that Chris and uh, Joseph matchup. That was that was fun to watch. I remember um, when we were hanging out, you flipped out about him starting Diggs over Calvin Ridley. What was your reasoning behind that? All right, I mean, Diggs was in Denver against Chris Harris. And Calvin Ridley was playing our awful secondary, so. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Just imagine, the one decision is all it takes, and everything could change. Truly. Truly. I feel that way about my quarterback situation. Like, I, I'm going to regret this pick for so long. I had Lamar Jackson or Mitch Trubisky in that round in the draft. And I was set on taking one of the two. And I knew Samat was picking right after me. And he was going to take the other quarterback. So if I took Mitch, he'd take Lamar. If I took Lamar, he'd take Mitch. <laughs> and I took Mitch instead of Lamar. There's that bias. There's the bias. Well, I think it was not only bias. It was more of like fear of what if Mitch has an amazing year, which is now laughable to even think about something like that. And you don't have him. And I don't have him, and Sam beats me with Mitch. Like, I think that would have been the worst scenario, is if Sam beats me See, You let emotions play too much of a role in your decision-making. I did. I did. And then I also was like, well, Lamar Jackson's going to run a lot, but what if he gets hurt? He has a higher injury risk. And then that's proven to be wrong, too, because Mitch has gotten hurt, and Lamar hasn't somehow. So, Such is fantasy. Nothing is predictable. Dude, I saw a stat where um, they're showing the court, top quarterbacks in the league in terms of making players miss, like miss tackles. So two, three, and four are seven missed tackles, six or seven missed tackles, seven missed tackles, six missed tackles. It was Jacoby Brissett, I want to say Russell Wilson, and then Kyler Murray. Seven missed tackles, seven missed tackles, six. Number one was Lamar Jackson at twenty nine. <laughs> That's insane. He's fun to watch. That's he is awesome. fun to watch, yeah. Anyway, so that's the reason he has a playoff spot right now. So it's, it's it's gross. A lot of your teams are really bad, but I guess that makes sense when I have all the good players and not really shared around the league as much. Jeez, Mark, that's just me, I guess. Dude, I'm telling you right now, it's the one that gets big headed is the one that never wins. Trust me, I know. I've never this, won, and I'm the <laughs> I'm the biggest field, headed though. person. I don't feel this way. Huh? This is why. <laughs> Just a spiel. I just want Joseph out of the playoffs. <laughs> I wouldn't want him so much if I didn't fear his team. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I I I probably talk more trash than anybody in this league since we've started, and I'm the. That's why they call me a douche and everything. And it's that guy that never ends up winning because I've never won. 
that's one thing I'm going to change going forward is that I talk a lot of trash, but no one ever reciprocates, so it's just kind of, I don't know, it's not as fun. It's literally just me and you, dude. It's literally just me and you. It's just me and you. The grossest thing in the world to me is when you hear people say in the group chat at like Sunday at like 7 o'clock, right? Well, before the matchups are even over. Oh, good win, man. Congrats on the win. To whoever they're playing against. Makes me want to throw up. Yeah, we've got to be a little more cutting edge than this guy. We used to be, man. Everyone... We, we, we are, it's a competition. Oh, good win. That's so and, disgusting. And you guys have all this good karma from me talking crap all year. But if you're in my case, you'd probably be talking crap too. Right. That's the fun of it all. Right. That's true, man. That's really Even true. if you're losing, you should talk crap. Where's the... Where's Dude, the that's the... That is when you have the... Like, when I was talking crap to you, it was while I was... Lo- if I talk crap after winning, what does that prove? It doesn't prove anything. It's, it doesn't prove you have any balls, because it's just like you waited to see the outcome of the matchup before you decided to say anything, right? It's very easy to talk crap when Same it's already... Same mentality they have with trades. Let me see how they do this week. <laughs> and then we'll... Can you speak on that a little bit, please? Speak on the speak on the the uh, the moronic stupidity of that phrase, please. It's like you're investing in Amazon after they blow up. Well, sure, it might be a little more, you know, uh, sure of whatever is going to happen. But imagine if you, you know, you went for it early. You're not. You're never always going to know next week. What if next week Amazon goes down? Or if it goes up by a lot, at least I took the risk in knowing now. But some of you need a little too much information. Let me wait two weeks. Let me wait three weeks. Well, that's the whole point of a trade. I win some and I lose some. You win some and you lose some. Some Mm -hmm. of you think that both, like you need to win and the other side needs to lose. Even if it's not quote-unquote trade rape, it can still be a trade like win. But it can Mm -hmm. be a win for both sides. But you guys need an upgrade at all positions for some reason. Yeah, you guys need everything served to you on a silver platter. You need to feel like no risk has been involved. It's pretty much like you guys are living your life as if you've baby-proofed your entire house, even though there's no baby on the way, right? Like, you've, you've put the rubber ends on the coffee table, because just in case, you're afraid of hitting the edge. You don't want to take any risk in, in, in your entire life, right? So you've baby-proofed your entire apartment or house or whatever, even though nobody's pregnant. That's what it's like, right? Yes. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's silly. It's really silly, actually. But to me, I've, I've reached the point where it's like if someone uses that on me, I just try to read between the lines and be like, all right, they just don't want to trade then. That's my... Yeah, and that's, that's, that's okay, too. But you could say that. I'm not going to um, be upset if someone tells me I don't want to trade. I respect that more than anything. But saying that, oh, that's trade rape, even though you don't know what you're talking about and all that kind of stuff. It's like if, if I want to trade you Tyler Lockett, but he's got a tough matchup against San Fran. And you're like, I want to see how he plays this week. Well, I'm trading you on the basis that I don't want him to play against San Fran and I have to maximize his value now. But then again, if he goes and has like a, a solid week, what does that do for either of us? Well, we're yeah. back at square one. Yep. Even if he has a bad week, I'm not, you know, decreasing my value of him that what that much because I knew it was a tough matchup. You guys, it's okay. You'll learn with time. I've been at this for a while. <laughs> Mark. 
Oh man. So, anything else you'd like to add? You wanna um, you got anything you wanna say about basketball so far? Uh, haven't been following, but Lakers seem to be doing better than I expected them to do. Yeah, I mean, I think I have them in the fourth seed, and they're, I mean, they're doing really well. They're actually playing defense. That's the difference. LeBron cares now. LeBron cares because he actually has a better team around him. So he's like, you know what, maybe I'll try now to play defense. And he's actually been playing pretty well. So, no drama so far. Smooth sailing. Um, Frank Vogel's got them playing really, really good defense. Team defense. mellow action. What'd you think about that? Did you catch any of that? No, but I did see it was like, what, 4 of 12? 4 of 14, four of 14. I think. That's just fine. That's whatever. Yeah. I don't expect him to be like, you know, 8 of 12 in his first game back. He should be a 3 of 8, though. He Why should he be a 3 of 8? Because he should like, you shouldn't take 14 shots in your first. Like it, With no I'd Lillard? be like kind of efficient if I was trying to make a good impression. With no Lillard, though? They're probably telling him, dude, you're starting and we need you to shoot. Like, he started right out the gate. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, if you don't have Lillard... Shocking. Huh? Go ahead. I was just going to say, if you don't have Lillard in the game, right, um, you... my If I'm the head coach, I would start in place a veteran player that I know I can be confident that will produce... As it's as it currently stood or stands, Nasir Little, the rookie from Carolina, was the starting small forward for that team, and then they would have like Bazemore coming off the bench. So like if you don't have Lillard and you've got Kent, Bazemore and Little, and you have Melo, yeah, I'm playing Melo and be like, dude, you do you do your thing, you know. So I actually thought he would take more than 14 shots. Well, Once I realized Lillard was out, I thought he'd take 20 shots. So that would not have been a good look for him. No, it would have been a good... Unless he made, like... If he was, like, 9 of 20, then it'd be okay. Yeah. 18, 20 points in his first start would be ridiculous. Yeah, it would be ridiculous. But I'm excited for that team moving forward. I think he's going to... Help him a lot, you know. He didn't um, play great on defense. Yeah, again, baseball. just to reiterate, I want everyone to you know take a deep breath and really enjoy the season. I've had a fun time. Fun. I hope that I would have had a fun time even if I was losing. Just take a step back and relax, fellas. Yeah, take a step back and relax, okay? At least you guys didn't draft Mitch Trubisky over Lamar Jackson. Okay? Or any of the players that you drafted. Or any of the players that I drafted. Okay? Where is Le'Veon Bell ranked right now? Let me let me check this. I think he's probably 12. Yeah, he's at 12. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I feel good about that. I feel David, good. David, you've got a great team as well, man. Don't. Nah, I feel good about that because my guy is below him. Let me see where James Conner is. But this was like the debate was like, am I going to draft James Conner? Am I going to draft Le'Veon Bell when we were in the draft? Let me uh, let me see where my guy is. Hold Bell's on. a healthy man, though. That's the difference here is that Bell's at 12, right? My guy, I think, is at like 14 or 15. Yeah. And he's missed like three games. Oh, he's at 17. All right. He's at 17. And let me see how many games he's missed. Yeah, he's missed three games. Yeah, so what What up, David? What up? Okay? Also, Antonio Brown's coming back. Um, he issued oh an apology God. tweet to Robert Kraft. So, when Jameson Crowder's schedule starts to toughen up a little bit, inserts Antonio Brown, Brady needs him. Is Brady he seriously still on your team? Is he still on my team. You're insane, Mark. You're absolutely insane. <laughs> he's, he's so, you think... Play. This this guy 
first of all, don't you see anything wrong with a guy issuing an apology on social media to your former boss? Shouldn't you do that between the two of you? Like, why is he doing but, it on social media? That, but both sides are desperate. Antonio needs a job. The Patriots need offense. No, you're the, right. The, the tweet was very well formed, too. And unless he's learned a lot at CMU, I think that tweet was made by his agent, and it was like a, a Patriots team saying, like, you know, like, issue an apology to us. Give it some time, and you're back. What was the... Uh, yes. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. Do you know what the Gronk announcement was? I don't... Uh, he's having a, a Super Bowl party in Miami. Like, that's that's his thing. That's it. They got excited over that because of that? Yep. All right, well, Mark and Ann, props to you for still trying to add him. I didn't think he was coming back, but, like, that's just... That's just teasing everybody, don't you think? Oh, he knew... His entire video is about him half coming back and, and teasing that as well. <laughs> yes. That's kind of funny now. Actually. It was like the devil and the angel on his shoulders kind of. <laughs> That's funny. All right, let me say this one last thing. It's about ba- – I'm going back to basketball, but I just need to vent about this real quick. And then and then we could shut this down because let me see what we're doing on time here. 44 minutes. We're 45 minutes. We're doing okay. I need to talk about this one thing because it's eating me alive. So – um. The Knicks stink, right? New York Knicks stink. Um, R.J. Barrett plays for them. I, I, I have not. I'm not a big fan of R.J. Barrett as a player. I think he's he's got like a little Jalen Rose to him, and I love Jalen Rose as a player. So if he reaches that like Jalen Rose level, that's where I think his his ceiling is, which is that's very very good, right? Um, I also think he could drop off and and not be anything. Anyway, so far he's played okay. I was watching you know, reporters asking him questions. And and this was when the team was two and six or one and seven. It was like eight games through the season. And they were asking him and asking the head coach, Fisdale, about load management for <laughs> RJ Barrett. Okay? <laughs> because he, in the two, three straight games he played like or on average forty minutes. This is a 19-year-old kid. I'm right? older than R.J. Barrett. Yeah. This is a 19-year-old kid who is physically gifted. He's got, you know, everything at his disposal. He's a fine-tuned athlete. He's not overweight. He's actually very very healthy-looking and ripped and seems like he takes care of himself. And he takes his job seriously. All right? It's eight games in the season. And they're talking about load management for a rookie 19-year-old kid. Okay? I know you don't like this guy, but you'll hear Michael Rappaport when he goes on like Undisputed in those shows, you'll hear him use this phrase called the skinny genification of the NBA. And honestly, <laughs> the that's like the the best way to term this bullcrap is this. Okay? It's he's 19, it's 8 games in the season, and you're talking about load management for a rookie. I hate this. Are you okay? What's you got boogers? No, I just bit my tongue really. Oh, sorry, dude. You gross. Uh, sorry. Yeah, so uh, I, yeah. I just and this is what Kawhi and LeBron has done to the No, don't don't Kawhi put on Kawhi. Don't put on Kawhi, dude. This this is started why? Why? Cuz he no. does it. He does it, but it started with LeBron. Okay? He's just following suit. He's like, "Oh, well, LeBron's going to do that. Why can't I do that? I'm just as good as him, if not better." 
What? Kawhi is enough of an NBA personality to not have to follow after anyone's footsteps. In fact, you could argue he hates LeBron. I know. Why do you want to play like LeBron? I'm not saying he's playing like LeBron. I'm just saying it's just like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. He's like, well, LeBron joined a super team in Miami, so if he's opened the, the door for that being okay, why can't I do it? Why is it only okay if LeBron, where everyone wants to kiss his butt for everything that he does, he wants to trademark t- Taco Tuesday and do all this bull crap. Everyone screw wants that guy. to screw that guy. So, so for me, I know Kawhi Leonard has abused the load management even more so than LeBron at this point. But to me, it's like. The, the, the rest of the NBA players are like, why is LeBron the only one that is allowed to do these things and nobody gives him any flack for it, right? Like, finally, the league started calling him out of his defense. It took 15 years, man. How long has LeBron been in the league? It took 15 years for people to finally start noticing that he can't play defense. He's actually trying this year and props him for doing that. People are like, oh, well, you know, LeBron James's defense has fallen off. His defense has never been good. You guys just see the highlight of the chase down block, but don't, reala- don't realize that the reason why he's chasing down that block is because the guy ran right by him on the other side of the court. So, like, this he is... He doesn't usually put in the full effort. No, he's a pr- terrible perimeter defender. And so, and by the way, Paul George and Kawhi make their debut tonight. Yes, that's why I wanted us to do this podcast a little early so I could check that game out. Gotcha. Who are they playing? They're playing the Thunder, I think. No, wait, they just played the Thunder. Hold on. No, the Lakers just played the Thunder. Or it could have been both, I guess. Let me double check here. Kings? No, wait, I got a notification for it. Hold on. Hold on. Where are you at, Brad? Oh, yeah, L.A. plays OKC at 8 o'clock today, and the Clippers are playing the Celtics. That's oh, going to be a good fun. one. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, so, no, like, I'm not saying that Kawhi doesn't deserve to be ridiculed for the whole load management thing. I'm just saying that he's just like, well, if this guy's doing it, why can't I do it too? I should be regarded in the same level as this player because I'm – just as good at him as him right now, if not better. And same I've thing with Kevin before, Durant. I'll say it again. Kawhi should be at the top of everyone's hate list. He's just quiet about it. He does the same thing LeBron does. But he, but he, oh, I will give him. He got it, does give maximum effort. But mm-hmm. everything off the court, he does the same thing as LeBron. So the with the load management and with the well, he didn't join a super team. He 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 made a super team. He did. That's another thing. Was like the with the whole. Asking the Clippers to go get Paul George type That's deal. That's a LeBron move. That's a LeBron move. Like, I don't like it. But right? since he's introverted, then it's fine. And that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. But No, you're right. You're right. That's a good point. But that's all I'm saying is just, like, if he sees himself in LeBron's category, he thinks he's better than him. Right now, I would still say LeBron. Like, I would think right now, Kawhi, to me, is better than LeBron James. Just, like, flat out, he's a better basketball player right now than LeBron James. So, he obviously sees himself in that level. So, he's like, well, if this guy can do it, why can't I? That's all it is, dude. Which yeah. is, I'm not I'm not defending him. I'm just saying, this is... Rationale. Yeah. Rationalizing it. But it's all it gross. Sense. That's why That's why we need Giannis to be the face of the league. That's why I've been saying this for years. We need a guy 
that doesn't want to play with his friends, that doesn't like to hang out with him in the offseason and train with him, that doesn't like to hang out with any other players for fun except for his own teammates. And we need a guy that literally lives in the gym, spends nights in the gym because he's working on his game, and then shows up every single game, no load management, no, oh, I'll sit this game out, and just dunks on people's faces all game long. That's no who we need to be No more fun, on. only basketball. Yes. That's what we need that to be the face of it. We need that to be the face of the league. And he's not worried about his his outfits, what he's wearing. Oh, look at the skirt that he's wearing. He doesn't give a crap about any of that. He just wants to bust you in the face every night. We need that to be the face of the league. And that's a last thing I want well to say. Thank you. Do you have anything else you'd like to add, Mark? Um... No, not really. Thanks for having me on. Um, Kyle Allen really stinks at football. He does stink. Um, and look forward to the rest of the year. Oh, well, let's let's just talk about that real quick because we got a little bit of time left here. Uh, what do you want the game plan to be for the Panthers at the quarterback position moving forward? As far as this year, I mean, there's nothing really much to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hope we lose out. I think the NFC West is sending two teams. I think NFC North is sending two teams. So the only way we make the playoffs is if we win our division, which just won't happen. Um, next year, Kyle Allen isn't the guy. I never thought he was the guy. I think it was a nice stretch. Cam has got to be given a shot next year. I mean, like, because in reality, guys, what are we getting for Cam? A third or a fourth? Is that Maybe worth second. it then to see like what he's got in, in the tank? What if it's a second? It's a good question. I'd rather just rock it for another year. Only because I'd rather have, you know, the Panthers franchise personified in Cam. I'd rather him walk than us trade him away. Hmm. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying just because of an optics perspective. Right. Yeah. Um, and and we, we've done him so well. Let's at least let him choose where he wants to go. And he likes Carolina. Still supports our guys on, on Instagram and stuff. So let, let's give him one more shot. Clearly, we don't have an alternative. So. Yeah. I actually, I would argue that he's always going to support his teammates, right? But I would argue at this point, I, I don't think he wants to play for you guys anymore. I really don't. I know that's tough to hear, but when a guy, when there's a leak about a guy with his agent, like we talked, oh, like we argued about, like we argued about, when there's a leak from the agent or the team or whatever that he'd be open to playing for another team, and that team it's has been named. Media. Why is that fake news? Because so it didn't why happen. Would it, why would that leak from the camp? Why would that leak from Cam Newton's camp? That that was, that's a thing. Why would Cam Newton even tell his agent? And let alone his agent let the media know that Cam wants to play specifically for the Bears because or I don't, the Broncos. Like in what <clears> world? In because, what world would that make sense? It's like if Dame was in the last year of his contract, and Dame's like, "I'll play for the Magic next year." You're still in contract for another year, buddy. But I'm I think it's because he is salty with the front office and coaching staff for how he's been treated with his injuries the last couple of years. Wouldn't you be upset if you were him? You wouldn't be upset? The man doesn't have to play if he didn't want to play. He puts himself out there every week. Yeah, but dude, if laymen like us can say... He's always going to want to play, and I respect that about him. He's not a cupcake that just wants... I'll just sit out. He always wants to play, right? But if laymen like us can see on TV 
that he is clearly not healthy enough to play. Why can't Ron Rivera see that? Because Ron Rivera is a... An idiot. A terrible coach. Yeah, he's terrible. So that's what I'm saying is that, like, don't you think that that is, is weighing on Cam Newton? Like, these guys Ron either are incompetent or don't care about me. Ron can give him the go, though, and Cam can still say no to that. It's, uh, it's this whole big ordeal. Yeah. I have my thoughts on it. Cam that's, is our guy. I mean, that's fine. Like, it would be nice to see him play out his contract, but I... I don't think he wants to play for him anymore. At least, okay, here's what I'll say. If Ron Rivera gets canned this offseason, then you yeah. have a chance to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the only case. If you fire that guy, then you have a chance to keep him. And if if they go up to Cam Newton and his desire, that's going to be probably his, his, his stipulation. He's like, listen, I'll ride this out with you guys, but you got you to gotta cut that guy. He did me dirty for two years. Then, then that would be the only scenario I could see him staying. But if Ron Rivera stays, Cam Newton's not playing another down for the Panthers. And, and it should honestly come from Tepper. I don't know what he sees. I don't know why he doesn't just want his own guys in there. By yeah. Now. But then because we talked in about... in my mind, Ron Rivera and Marty Herney probably went to Tepper and they were like, trust us, give us one shot. Like, we know this is a playoff roster and here we are sitting at 5-on-5 five five because we haven't put enough talent on the field and they can't coach. I think we have enough talent to make the playoffs. But we haven't been coached well enough. Yeah, and I think we talked about this before. There, there aren't any anyone that thinks that they have a, a good coach in the in the NFL. You don't, <laughs> unless you're a Patriots, pretty much a Patriots fan, or I would say a Saints fan. Other than that, I don't. Nobody has a good coach. It just doesn't yeah. exist. More media gobble gobble. Sean Payton isn't a good coach. Well, yeah, that's that's. We can debate that that another day. But I just feel like I think I talked to Mikey about this before. I was like, dude, everybody's coach sucks. That was like we came like P because coaches are getting hired just because they were like physically standing next to or touch the cloak Bible reference touch the cloak of another apparent guru and so they That's got LaFleur, hired right huh That's Matt Lafleur That's right? Matt Lafleur that is uh, the the guy with the bangles Zach whatever Taylor. Taylor These are all like oh McVeigh disciples or something like that even look at McVay now yeah look at McVeigh now he's booty cheeks everybody's figured him out you know same thing with Andy Reid like oh you know Ron Rivera and uh, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy were all like Andy Reid disciples blah 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 Look at them now. They're all booty cheeks. Doug Peterson has a Super Bowl, so he gets a pass. But Matt Nagy, eh, bad play caller. Andy Reid is a good coach. We'll, we, we'll give him that. I don't know he's, if I'll give him that. He's the Sean Payton of the AFC. If we're going to say Sean Payton's a good coach, then show us Andy Reid. No. Oh, Sean Payton got it done, bro. Andy Reid hasn't gotten done. He's been I don't coaching know if he longer. Got it done. I think it was handed to him, but that again, <laughs> that's debatable. Yeah, but at least he got. At least he has a ring to put on his resume. Andy Reid has been coaching much longer and has doesn't have a ring to put on his resume. He's not, and he was only close one time. One time was he close? <laughs> so I don't. I don't really. Do you think uh, John Harbaugh is a good coach? John Harbaugh. Ravens. Yeah, he's in that like medial. By the way, we got a minute and fifteen seconds before this stops. Yeah, he's right, in that. He's in that mid. Yeah, he's in that mid tier. I think Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. I really do. I don't know what happened with that, but anyway. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap this up. Um, this has been another episode of the It's Fantasy Doofus podcast with Christian Sidaros and Mark Salama. Um, any final words, Mark? Nah, you guys just have a good time. I'm looking forward to how the season ends. The Phoenix is coming, guys. Flapping Phoenix slowly, but it's coming. Things coming. All right.
Bye, guys.